it's end of an era and the end for James Gunn's tenure at Marvel. Because we're talking movies, we're talking Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, starring Chris Pratt, Bradley Cooper, and Karen Gillan, written and directed by James Gunn. Chris, my beloved raccoon, the story has been yours all along. You just didn't know it. I once took a poo shaped like a fish. Even my butt is capable of metaphor. everybody and welcome to this week's episode of how'd you like that movie uh we've done about like i don't know a million episodes uh and we uh, looked at our stats we have a pretty loyal fan base and i feel like they could probably write this episode without even hearing it knowing that we're doing a fucking part three of a marvel movie and actually scott before we uh i throw it over to you uh, my quote there about uh drax taking a poop kind of goes in with our our new podcast that we're going to come out Poopcast, Poop Pod, coming to you next Wednesday. Anyway, Scott, take us away. Make promises you're not going to keep. Oh, I will poop, and I will pod, and I will cast (laughs) next Wednesday. Tune into the Poop Pod. A live live feed. (laughs) It's it's a live stream. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay, so what did I think of this movie? What did I think? Okay. So Hold on, before you jump, were you, uh, you, so... I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy, I would argue, is different than some of the other Marvel movies. It's a little more tongue-in-cheek and stuff like that. So were you looking forward to this film? Like, is this, are you into the Guardians groove? Well, I was going to, like, fuck, are you, like, going through my show notes? Because <laughs> that, that, that's for my 10-minute, like, once we hit the 10-minute thing. That's what I was going to start discussing it. But Scott's sure, been taking do... uh, street, uh, screenwriting courses, and he's like, so I know that every 10 pages, I've got to have some action. So, <laughs> <laughs> so all right, we'll, we'll, we'll move ahead. Okay, so, yes, I am going to miss this these, these bunch of misfits. Because especially since, you know, when the first film came out, this that first film was supposed to be the downfall of Marvel, right? There, it was going to be their first flop because it was a bunch of relatively unknown characters. Um, I would say probably an unproven director at the time because all he had directed was the Super Slither and his, you know, directorial debut which was his like short film or whatever that nomeo so, uh, and julia just so you know a little uh can can we haven't done this in a bit uh slither is a joint canadian and american production so there you go nice um but yeah i think this group of characters and this trilogy i would say like in terms of these guys are probably the most enduring marvel characters that they have because they did something that i think was pretty special uh in terms of especially with the you know being an interconnected marvel you um universe like these guys were actually able to evolve like who they were at the first film is not who they are by the end of this one and to me that that's pretty special and it, it makes it you can see why they're so endured and why this franchise spe- specifically is so beloved now cool um 
on that topic of, of a franchise being beloved, uh, so it's got an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not bad for a Marvel movie. 95 from the audience. But is this a box office flop with a $250 million budget and only bringing in $400 million? Yes, it may have some legs, but like we're still in the possible like under its marketing and production budget. So what what what's the hubbub on the the nerd Twitter and the nerd verse? Well, Scott? that I don't know. You're the one that handles the Twitter for our, for our, our pod. Listen, remember I I got banned from like participating in like Marvel yeah. action movie See, I, that, Twitter. It's, because... it's only when I start seeing the spam coming in and fucking the argue, <laughs> the the hate that I have to jump in on Twitter to save your ass. But I, I usually stay away from Twitter. Um. I don't think it's going to be. I think this is going to have some legs, right? Like, I I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if it comes. Like, I, I don't think it's going to hit the billion mark, but I think it might come close. I might really? Say, I okay, might, you I, heard it here first. Scott's prediction is getting close to the B mark. Uh, you can hear more of his predictions on Scott's cock uh, on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, because it's $400 million now right yeah man so you're saying opening weekend do you think it'll do you think it'll double you think it'll hit eight yeah because i'm pretty sure it still hasn't hit the china market i feel like we're playing wheel of fortune right now yeah like i don't i don't think it's opened in china yet and the this film will do well there like um so yeah i think uh i think it i don't think it's gonna hit a billion I think those are, are going to come back and be movies that are far and few between, especially post COVID. Uh, it's no, you know, Maverick. It's no Top Gun. It's no Avatar. Or Avatar yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I do think the word of mouth is going to, to keep it going and, um, you know, give it some legs right like what's its major competition next it's fast right fast x yeah man i saw the trailer for that and i was like this i already thought these fucking franchises were stupid this made it stupider oh you could have took my family but you didn't take my car oh man and then and then just as a sidebar uh vin diesel's like yeah supposedly there's gonna be a trilogy i'm like wait but you have 10 movies you're already over the three movies that makes a trilogy. So unless they're talking like a specific story, like who the fuck, who watches these fucking movies, man? Oh, oh 100%. Like you are. Uh, <laughs> I, I think you uh, protest a little too much. <laughs> so <laughs> That just makes me say like, yeah, you watch it. I've actually already um, got my VIP screening uh, that I'm going to be checking out. So there you go. Okay, so in terms of back to this one. So what did I think of this one? Okay, so my thought coming out of this movie was, okay, so a two-hour and 30-minute movie. Did this movie have to be that long? And with some reflection and some thought, it did. Are you? Because f- I... Th- Jesus Christ. Wait, wait, listen. And, okay. and let me explain why. Okay. Because... <laughs> This, this movie story, could have been 90 fucking minutes long. But anyway, yes, go ahead. I understand. This story could have been 90 minutes. But the reason why it had, in my opinion, it had to go as long is is really one of the downfalls of having a connected universe in Marvel. 
right? You like James Gunn has to autocorrect where these characters were to get them to the place where the story where these characters actually serve the story, right? Like think about it. The last time we saw these guys was Thor 4, right? Mm-hmm. Are these the same characters you saw in Thor 4? I can't remember. Like, Qu- was Quill an alcoholic? Okay, listen, Info- all that, all that, all, so first off, like most things that go on too long, they're making up for not being good. Um, you could have done all that quick backstory in like 15 minutes. This, the, the way, there is actually a passable fucking film in this bloated carcass of a sea troll. You know what I mean? Um, the, basically, it's essentially a rescue story, right? You got to get from point A to point B to save point Z, C raccoon, right? So just make it straighter. Just get there fucking faster. You know, da-da-da, fighting, flying, all that. You know, the jokes, I would say, are they're funny. I, I, is, is, it, is it Dax or Drax? Drax, right? Baptista's character. Yeah. That guy's fucking hilarious, man. The deadpan, yeah. he delivers the lines great. There was, you know, like laugh out loud kind of scenes. There, actually, can I what? Actually, I want to talk about. So this has a major, essentially like animal rights, animal testing, like emotional trigger in it, uh, which is pretty graphic for for this type of film. Yeah, the, this this film's one hundred percent approved by PETA. Yeah. So, the... do you think they went overboard? Like, I almost felt like. Like, it was well done in the sense I was like, I got teary-eyed and stuff, and you're very sad. And I'm like, is is it necessary? Like, what do you think? Like, do you think that it needed to be like that, or? Uh, I don't, to be honest, I don't know, right? Because like, you didn't cry because you're a fucking robot. No. Like, come on, man. I'm emotional, but... It is still CGI fucking animals, like... <laughs> but still... um. Like, I think it was well done. And and the one thing that I did like about this character, like, not this character, but the villain, it wasn't the overindulgent, like, I'm going to rule the world kind of thing. No, I just want to be God and create a perfect society. I think we know someone else that tried that. (laughs) Yes. And and that's the thing, right? Like, you you can have that... um, subtlety in the story and i think that's what works well with this stuff like you can have that was not subtle that That was not subtle that was like beat over the head so some of the comments i have seen from critics on this essentially talk exactly about that is that there is no nuance it's like emotion being yelled into your face right like the even the animal rights stuff like it's it's not nuanced it's not subtle it's like Animal testing, cut them open, kill them, shoot them with bullets. Like, it's blatant and obvious, right? So there is no nuance. There is no subtlety. I, I don't know if you know what those words actually mean. And I am oh, clearly being you. subtle about my explanation right now. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, this will be discussed on Pood Pod <laughs> while you're taking a shit. Because, um, yeah, all you have right now is verbal diarrhea. Um Nice. I like what you did there. Yeah, you do it. Yeah. Um, I contribute something to this podcast. Not much, but something. Um, but yeah, I think I think it like 
for yourself, I'm assuming you thought it was too long and you were bored at times. At right? times, most of the time. I was mostly bored, except when Baptista would say something and then I'd be it would be funny, right? So Right. Well, I, I also thought like the car scene was pretty fucking funny too. Like when they're trying to get in the car? When she was push trying the to get into no, it. No, 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 lift the handle, push the button, get in the fucking car. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I said, the comedy they did the comedy well. It's just that there's too much just like extra story and extra story and going to this fucking planet um at point oh so i've only actually seen the first guardians of the galaxy which was a slog for me to get to i think it took me six times to get through the whole film um okay so i'm assuming the whole and i don't know the comic this is based on a comic book right yes okay so i'm assuming the whole uh shtick with the music and the ipod and the walkman and like i'm assuming that no that that to my knowledge is just a james gunn thing right like he does infuse a lot of um music especially older music into his films right like okay he's a soundtrack guy okay good so now i'm going to cut his guts out on that one so okay everybody i know it's early get ready to drink so when we see contemporary music in a Quentin Tarantino film, okay, you've drunk, great. It's often used sparingly, but when it's used, it has great effect, right? It really, it, it brings the scene up. We can, we can all still remember, you know, stuck in the middle with you, the, the ear being cut off scene. It's powerful. It, 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 it fills out a scene. It makes it better. James Gunn in definitely in this film. And again, I can't remember the first one. That's, and I just watched it. Um, it's ham-fisted. Uh, a sh- there's a show on Netflix. It's actually a really great show called Sex Education that also does it. It originally starts with a lot of, like, cool 80s, like, New Order and stuff like that. But then, like, every fucking three minutes, it's like, bang, bang, bang. And so it loses its effect. And this happened the same thing, too. There's, like, at, when you, you first hear some of this contemporary music, you're like, oh, that's great. And then two minutes later, there's another song. And two minutes later, there's another song. So it's like, it's just bad scoring at that point. And honestly, oh the God, whole, like, I, I you know, it. like, I like the the color scheme that they do when they're, like, in the spacesuits and they're going to the planet. You know what? Maybe James Gunn should just go shoot music videos or some shit. Because, like, this whole film really doesn't feel like a well-directed narrative. It's just like a bunch of like little set pieces happening. Actually, you know what? I've got someone better who can say this. Kyle Smith, Kyle Smith from the Wall Street Journal. GOTG3 is a blahbuster that, like other recent Marvel disappointments, jogs along from one visually extravagant, strenuously jokey set piece to another without offering much in the way of either dramatic engagement or actual funny ideas i would disagree in the funny part i think it's definitely comical i wish they would just like lean into the comedy yank out a bunch of the drama tighten the fucking film up and get her on the go sure um i will disagree with both of you um well except for you the comedy part is good um i I like james gunn all right i like i like slither i like to me that movie's have you awesome. have you seen James Gunn's PG porn web series? Yes, those are hilarious. They too. are amazing. Anybody who's listening to it, just go on YouTube, type in James Gunn PG porn. Fucking amazing. And the fact that Sasha Gray is in one of the, I think it's like Astastic. Well, 
Well, every single one of them has a porn star sure. with an actor. But I mean, yeah. I think Sasha Gray is the most famous one that I could pull off just like from my viewing habits. Uh, <laughs> so, so she's top on your search list, eh? <laughs> Not the other one. As soon as you open 2000. my Google, my Google in the search bar, uh, definitely like, watch that. Like he is definitely doing like, some... entourage. Sasha Gray. <laughs> yes. Actually, I. you know what? I love the fact that Sasha Gray in entourage plays herself in the most sophisticated way. Like the other characters are treating her like this, like dumb sex worker. And she's like, yeah, I read like a book a day. You people are fucking stupid. Like that. They, she really, that, cause that's how, how she is in real life. Supposedly. Right. Like she's actually a super educated individual. And like, she's like, it's porn. It's just my job. I went, I do it. Da da da. Uh, but yeah, the James Gunn PG porn web series was fucking hilarious. <laughs> I think it's the best work he's done uh, as a, as a writer director. You know what I mean? So so what you're saying is pretty soon on our um on our show it's gonna be Steven Soderbergh's girlfriend experience. Just so you can get your <laughs> Sasha Gray fix now that you can actually review a movie. You can talk about a movie she's in. I mean, I'm not opposed to reviewing Sasha Gray in <laughs> all the ways. So but, yeah, I think Fuck, I don't even remember what we were talking about now. You got so Sasha Gray on my is mind. It, uh, is it weird that... So I'm looking at this and I'm like, so the director, James Gunn, of this Marvel film is the current CEO of the like DC Universe over yeah, at, what is it, Warner her. Brothers. I was her. like, that's fucking weird. That's not, man. Like, that's not one, That's not weird that you're the CEO of not. one company in your directing and writing for no, your... No, but he uh, just recently got that position. Right. Like Guardians was already in the can. And you got to remember James Gunn already done two DC projects as well. Right. Like he did Suicide, oh, Suicide Squad, Squad and he yeah. did and he did uh, Peacemaker. You got to remember when Marvel canceled James Gunn, DC came to the rescue. DC gave him a job. So do you know much about that? I did a quick like look and it's weird because like. Disney's got solid lawyers. They understand contracts. And it this is how it feels to me. So you know, you know, you feel free to push back. So he gets in trouble for some old tweets. They fire him. He's already got the script. He's already supposed to be the director. And then it's like they're looking at the contracts and they're like, well, fuck. Like he's not technically in breach of contracts. So we're still probably gonna have to pay him eight to ten million. Uh, a bunch of the cast are like, well, we're we won't break our contracts as long as we're still using his script. So now they're like, well, we gotta fire him but still work with him and so then they just bring him back and i'm like guys like maybe don't fire people until you talk to legal you know what i mean because you end up paying Uh, a bunch of money and then doing exactly what you were going to do in the first place yeah like in terms of the legal stuff um that much i don't know about like to my understanding it was the same thing like you know fucking cancer culture right like shit from the past that he he tweeted whether now not acceptable uh but was acceptable back then um you know he he apologized they they let him go and from my understanding it was just the cast didn't want to do anything without him so so i don't know uh that's what i got out of it and then when dc took him and they're like fuck it okay we'll take him back right and then you know he got the position where he's like half 
Kevin Feige, like he's going to take care of the storyboard, the story side of everything. And Peter Saffron is going to take care of like the meetings and the financials and everything like that. And it's going to be interesting, right? Like a lot of, you can only really reboot something so many times where it loses its interest. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he's starting it with the Superman legacy, it's, you know, it is a lot of pressure that's going to be on him. Well, to, at to least it, it sounds like they have someone at the hel- at the helm that cares about comic books. That isn't just like, oh, we have IP. Let's try and squeeze as much juice out of it. This guy seems to give a shit about superhero movies, care about comics being done. It, it's sort of like a guy like Kevin Smith or something, except uh, Gunn seems to have a better track record than Smith on some of his films. I love Kevin Smith's early stuff. Um so I think it's good. It's, I think it's it's better than just having some like corporate shill being like, ah, Superman, Batman, whatever. What can whatever money we can get for this, let's do it. You know? Yeah, I think, um, you know, what made Marvel work is Kevin Feige because you do have a guy who, you know, is a fan of the stuff and you know he's trying to put the best screen forward. Um, I think James Gunn's going to be the same. Uh, in terms of the DC stuff, but hey, it's still you never know, man. Like, because in reality, like, whatever's happening, like corporate wise with DC, uh, with Warner Brothers and Discovery, and whether or not the rumors are true, whether or not they're just trying to shed money to make themselves look profitable so they can sell it again to make money, right? Like, that affects technically the consumer's opinion of these films because it's like what's the point of going to watch them if they're just going to change it again well and warner brothers has just uh well through their big merger uh they had shows that were coming out that were done you know post-production and they just fucking canceled them to take the tax write-off right so Mm -hmm. capitalism baby capitalism Uh, um yeah now in question i know this is off topic but do you think they kind of regret one? Like, do you think they will regret not releasing Batgirl? Uh, well, I don't think the people at the top will because they're just moving beans around on an abacus, right? Like, if, if it right. got them the tax break that they wanted and it, it, you know, pumped up their share price and the investors are happy, they don't give a fuck. They would put on, like, white noise uh, on, on HBO Max if that was what was going to bring in and, you know, the money that they needed Ooh, to bring nice, in. nice kickback, white noise, a little, you know, Michael Keaton movie, Batman. I like it. Yeah, I was but actually I was just, just talking gonna... about actual white noise, but that's great oh. that we're on a movie podcast and you did that, so. Uh, but what I was going to say is because, you know, technically that w- if it was released when it was supposed to be released, that would have been, you know, Academy Award winning actor Brandon Frazier's next movie after winning the Oscar, the best act, the Oscar, right? Which I think that would have gave some a little boost, and it probably would have made more than the ninety million it cost. Quite possibly, but we don't know how much those tax savings because it was it was a whole package of a product that got kind of dumped, right? Um, <laughs> in the there is, do you think there's like a there was a proper setup for a Guardians four? Um, I don't know if it's going to be Guardians 4, to be honest. Like, if you look, like, spoilers, at the end, everybody who technically is now a Guardian are the voice people 
the mm-hmm. motion capture feature and a bunch of other people that you know you got introduced or like got added on from before right i know batista said he's done with drax he doesn't want to play the character anymore i'm pretty sure zo um oh my god i'm having a brain fart zoe um salada yeah she said the same thing about gamora i think the only one who literally said he he would come back is chris pratt which is why he's the tag at the end that says the legendary star lord will return right it's not guardians will return it's star lord will well i mean let's be honest it's kind of like he's career like it's his biggest you know biggest franchise he's you know he's played that character in all you know the marvel universe or whatever i mean i guess he just did voice acting for the super mario brothers movie do you know he's married to arnold schwarzenegger's daughter yes that's crazy i was like well, that's his second what? wife yeah it's a second wife but i mean i mean that'd be kind of cool like your, your father-in-law is, is like first? arnold schwarzenegger like who was his first wife uh what's her name from the office hmm? pam <laughs> yes man Pam from The Office? Yeah. Isn't his first wife Anna Ferris from Scary Movie? No, you're right. I got the director mix, mixed up with Chris Pratt. <laughs> yes, you are correct. It was Anna Ferris. So. so what you're saying is, based on your how, how you did it for uh, Operation Fortune, so from now on, you know, he Chris Pratt will just be known as uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's son-in-law. Right? That's right. Like, that's right. That's it's just right. That's his, right. it's just those kind of connections, not not anything like that. I, wa- but... I wonder, like, how hard it is to not like be like, "Hey, Arnold, I'm gonna go to the store, and then I'll be back." And like, she... <laughs> like, no, no one. I, I, to be honest, like, I have no idea, but. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger would be a cool like father-in-law. Right? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, but it would be hard not to just be like, "Oh, hey, can you pass the chicken and don't terminate me?" And like, just constantly be throwing shit out there. No, because I'm pretty sure he could still knock out Chris Pratt. Yeah, probably like, his his security team definitely could. Uh, right. Anyway, do just guys... be like, "Oh, how are you getting to the premiere?" I'm going to the chopper. Get to the chopper. No, seriously, <laughs> the chopper. It's in the backyard. Get to it. <laughs> uh so i guess i guess you're recommending this yeah it was it was fun um i i do think it was well done um and yeah like i would say do it because you know it beats whatever fucking indie drama movie about like fucking rocks or whatever you're gonna pick that's so much better because of the cinematographer what you know oh, the story jerk. or the dialogue <laughs> yeah, the cinematog- or the cinematographer fucking the competency of the director off. any of you know that crazy shit you know what i mean yeah it's just you're just gonna be like you should watch this movie because the cinematographer if you don't know once jerked off in front of a quentin tarantino poster <laughs> and then you know he, he he brushed up to christopher nolan once in uh in a lineup so you know he's amazing i'm glad you brought up nolan because we're uh Hopefully we're going to be seeing uh, some Oppenheimer soon. Looks fucking fantastic. So, Sure, if you say so. You, you just want a reason to watch Matt Damon. That's it. Like, well, I mean, I, I, we... I, I know what your kick, your kinks are, man. That's why you're like, for weeks, you're like, when's the air going to come out? When's the air going to come out? We, we need to do air. We're, we we're, to we're, do doing, air. we're doing back-to-back Matt. Matt back. Yeah. You're oh, just Scott's like, Scott. oh, my God. 
Oh my god! If you, if they could make a sequel to Downsizing, where they actually clone Matt Damon, like I would so be the guy in the middle going skiing. And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. I hate being forced to watch these fucking movies. I like grind house, not a grind fest. You know what I mean? Like, it fucking pours <laughs> my fucking mind apart. Yeah, but at least, you know, because if we were to do Evil Dead, the podcast would be like, well, after five minutes, I had my eyes closed. So I don't really know what happened, Scott. Can you tell me what happened? <laughs> this is true. This is true. This is like, on one hand, I want to do Evil Dead, the like, what, what do you think? It's a prequel or it's like a like no, parallel parallel space or something like that but i am definitely too afraid to fucking watch that movie so production by rod shaver vader monkey productions